And now, it's time to sit back and enjoy the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Broadcast. Attention, people of Earth. Do not resist us. All who oppose us shall be annihilated. We command the most powerful army of monsters in the universe. They are sure to defeat your Earth monsters. All those who are hearing this are now under the control of the Earth Destruction Directive. 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 Hello, everyone, and welcome to Earth Destruction Directive. I am your host, as always, Mr. Luke Giaconetti. I am coming to you today from the mobile studio Mark IV, which is, of course, my Hyundai accent. And I am on the road right now getting ready to go see Pacific Rim Uprising. Didn't get to go see it opening weekend. Going to try and uh, squeeze a viewing in here on the Easter holiday weekend. Very excited. Uh, Word of mouth so far has been very good on the film. I know a few people have seen it and have given it a rousing endorsement. Uh, Was the first film to actually successfully knock off Black Panther at the box office, which is really saying something. Uh, I don't think anybody really thought Black Panther was going to be as uh, quite as uh, successful as it was, but that's uh, you know that's a matter for a different podcast. Uh, you know, I kind of gave the hype for this when Jay and I did the uh, the summer monster movie mash preview a couple of months back. I'm very excited about Pacific Rim Uprising. Just rewatched the original Pacific Rim actually with the whole family a couple of a uh, couple of days ago just to get refamiliarized with it. I am wearing my Kaiju Sake shirt, so I am well prepared on that front. And, uh, you know, just genuinely excited. You know, Pacific Rim, what I liked so much about it when it first came out was that it was an original property. It wasn't an adaptation or a remake. It was uh, something new. It was a new universe and a new new story being told. And uh, getting another installment in that universe, that original universe, to me is a very exciting concept. You know, we get excited mostly nowadays for these tentpole sci-fi genre movies that a lot of them are adaptations or remakes. And this one is a sequel, I'll grant you that. But it's still an original property and it's, uh, you know, it's not, it's it's very much uh, an odd sequel in that a lot of the cast isn't coming back because of when it's set. And of course, the members of the original cast that didn't make it out of the first film. Uh, I am right now getting onto the interstate, so I am going to cut this off here. We're going to play the trailer right now, and I will catch up with you guys after the movie. So I will see you on the other side of the drift. from who believed in you and who didn't. Already, already. 
our time. This is our chance to make a difference. Now let's get it done. That's what I'm talking about. They've evolved. And they could wipe out all life. Y'all remember me? Y'all remember me? In my focus, I wanna get it on, till I die. Get it on, till I die. I think I could get used to this. In my focus, I wanna get it on, till I die. There's something you need to see. All right, we're back. I just got out of the theater, back in the mobile studio now, heading back home. Uh, hey, that was a really, really fun time at the movies. That was a lot of fun. That's my first. Uh, that's my first opinion right up front. Pacific Rim Uprising. That was a that was a blast. That was really, really a, uh, a good afternoon at the movies. Um, overall, I don't think it has quite as much to say or is quite as intelligent as the original, but as far as the sequel to Pacific Rim, that really delivered the goods. It was, it had enough similar elements that you could obviously see the connections between the original and this one, but it did enough new stuff, a really good amount of new stuff with the story, that it was really, it kept me guessing, it was surprising, it was uh, action-packed. Really, this was a good movie. Now, uh, I'm not going to get too much into spoilers. I usually don't like to do too much spoilers here on the uh, on these little, you know, uh, guiding episodes right after I watch them. But I do want to say a couple of things. First off, there is no post-credit sequence, so you don't need to stay for that if you've got to go to the bathroom or, you need, in my case, you need to get home because you got to get home for dinner. So just be aware of that. Secondly, um, it's it's um, what you know. Some of the stuff that we talked about on the uh, the movie preview show actually does kind of play out. Uh, we it is very much set in the daylight as opposed to the nighttime and darkness of the original film. Uh, the characters that return, uh, Doctor Geisler, Doctor Gottlieb, uh, Mako, they all play an important part in the story. So it's really cool to see them back and not just kind of back for lip service, but back actually as an important part of the overall story, so I thought that was cool. Uh, the new characters, um, Jake Pentecost, who of course is John Boyega, he's, uh, he's very different from his dad, and that's kind of the point, and I like that. Uh, the girl, uh, Amari, she's not quite as well developed as, as Jake is, but you know, the Pacific Rim films, are so far they kind of give you a kind of a broad overview of the characters and let you fill in some of the details, and she does that well. So, and she's, you know, she's not, it's not a situation where you've got a teen character who's just obnoxious or know-it-all or, you know, can do no wrong. Not really a Wesley Crusher type character. She's, she's a, uh, you, you do care about her to the extent that you can in this film. So I thought that was good. There's some other new characters. Don't want to get into them too much here. But uh, overall, I think uh, the cast acquitted themselves nicely. No one really stands out as being, you know, kind of eye-roll or cringe-worthy. Um, again, understanding that this is not 
a film that's going to win awards for its acting, much like the first one was. But what you want is a care an actor that's going to play kind of a broad character to take um, uh, take its cues from the media that uh, kind of informs the Daikaiju genre and the super robot genre. Uh, there's uh, there's at least one really good Easter egg. Uh, I'm just going to say it's a real robot Easter egg, not a super robot Easter egg, and leave it at that. It's not a blink and you'll miss it. It's pretty much out there. It brought a, uh, a big round of laughter from myself and my two cohorts, uh, Mr. Tony and Mr. Adam, that I saw the film with, so I definitely appreciate it. Um, I'm trying to think of what else to talk about. The score was uh, a little less emphatic than on the first film. I don't have as many memorable themes from this film that I did from watching the original. There is a reprise of the main theme, like the, the one that uh, is used uh, when when uh, Raleigh and his brother are when when Raleigh and Yancey are getting loaded up into Gypsy Danger the first time, and that's used over the credit set. It's reprised here, and it's very welcome because I do love that theme. But the score was was uh, didn't really stand out as much. And it may be that uh, I may notice the score a bit more when I'm watching it and not paying attention uh, so intently to the story because I'm trying to, to follow the story. But, um, but that, that's just kind of a, you know, here on Two True Freaks, we do talk about scores a lot. Uh, one thing I do also want to mention, I've, I've said this a couple of times, that, you know, after the first one came out, I remember reading an interview, I want to say it was with Guillermo del Toro and Travis Beecham, and they talked about how at the end of the first one, you know, now the humans have drifted with a kaiju and the kaiju have a Jaeger and how those are important concepts. And without giving anything away, that was pretty dead on. Those are important concepts to think about and, and that inform this film. And I really like that, that that wasn't just kind of something that was thrown out there to tease people and they went a different direction, that those ideas that were established at the end of the first film do play a role in this, and I, I really did like that, so that was cool. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure how else I can get into this without getting spoilery, and I don't really want to get spoilery. Um, oh, for there's nothing, if, if your kids watch the first one, as mine just did, they can watch this one. There is uh, a few instances of minor language, uh, there's some kaiju gore, there's obviously some scary bits with, uh, you know, if, if your kids are scared of the kaiju or something like that. But there's nothing in this that's thematically or uh, content-wise different from an age-appropriateness standpoint from the first one. In fact, this one probably has uh, a little bit less age-scary stuff. Uh, the main thing to me that I always pointed at as being age-appropriate scary stuff in the first one was Mako's uh, memories and when, when she's in the drift with Raleigh. And we do get something similar to that, but it's not quite as scary or intense as Mako's. So, uh, so, so again, use your own judgment on that. But if, they, if they've watched Pacific Rim, they can watch Pacific Rim Uprising. In fact, as I was leaving the theater, there was a dad and a young boy, I'd say maybe six or seven, uh, going with it. And then when we were, um, you know, after the film, you know, obviously there was a group of of families there. So there was, you know, parents with kids maybe uh, tween age, you know, 10, 12, that age. So this is perfectly okay for that. If they watch the first one, they'll definitely get a kick out of this one. In fact, there's enough younger characters in this. They might get more of a kick out of this one uh, than the than the original one. So just keep that in mind if you got young ones. 
Um, beyond that, I just got to say this gets thumbs up. This was uh, a, a real continues the streak that started, ironically, with Pacific Rim. So between Pacific Rim and then Godzilla and then uh, uh, Kong Skull Island and then Power Rangers and now Pacific Rim Uprising, I've had a really good run of giant monster movies at the movie theaters and I've really enjoyed being able to see these movies on the big screen and then do these short little episodes talking to you guys about them and giving you my first impressions. Very much looking forward to what's coming next as far as Rampage. Uh, oddly did not get a trailer for Rampage, that would have been perfect. About the only genre related trailer we got was Jurassic World Lost Kingdom which is the same trailer that has been out for a while. And then we did get the trailer for Skyscraper, which is a new action film uh, with Dwayne Johnson, who of course is good in everything. You know my opinion about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Uh, but yeah, this was a, this, I had a lot of fun. This was a really good movie. Very enjoyable time out at the movie theater. I am very much going to be picking this up on Blu-ray when it comes out to home media. Cannot wait to watch it again. Cannot wait to share this with my wife and kids as well. So my recommendation to you, if you're listening to this episode and you liked Pacific Rim, go see Pacific Rim Uprising. I don't know that I have to do much convincing if you already liked Pacific Rim to go see Pacific Rim Uprising. But in case you're looking for my endorsement, there you go. Earth Destruction Directive says thumbs up to Pacific Rim Uprising. All right. I am going to sign off now. Hope everybody enjoyed this little episode. Hope everybody gets a chance to... Uh, Go out to the movies and watch this one. And until next time, from the mobile studio, keep them stomping. This has been Earth Destruction Directive, a Dai Kaiju podcast, produced and created by me, Luke Giaconetti, as part of the Two True Freaks Internet Radio Network, available at twotruefreaks.com. This is a fan work celebrating the history and culture of Japanese giant monsters. All movies, TV shows, comic books, characters, and other intellectual property is copyright their respective copyright holders, and no infringement is intended or implied. If you'd like to send an email to the show, you can email me at earthdestructiondirective at yahoo.com. I respond to all emails, and if you send in some comments, I'll read them on the show. All episodes of Earth Destruction Directive can be found at twotruefreaks.com. You can also find the show on iTunes. Just search for Earth Destruction Directive. You can even leave an iTunes review if you want. You can get in touch with the show on Facebook. Just search for Earth Destruction as the first name and Directive as the last name. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter with the handle LJacone. That's L-J-A-C. O-N-E. And if you want to buy something discussed on the show, head on over to twotruefreaks.com and click on the Amazon.com link on the front page. Any items you buy during your session on Amazon.com will help keep the lights on, and it won't cost you anything extra. Thanks for listening, and be sure to come back next time for more city-stomping fun on Earth Destruction Directive. Tune in next time to hear the crusty old podcaster from Oklahoma say, There's a WTF <laughs> moment if I ever saw one. Well, it's big and terrible. More frightening than I ever thought possible.